नमस्कार दिस इज अखिलेश भार्गव वेलकम टू टिटबिट्स ऑन बिजनेस एंड फाइनेंस विद मी दी अरेस्ट एंड रिपीटेड डिनाइल ऑफ बेल टू चित्र रामकृष्ण द फॉर्मर सीईओ ऑफ द एनएससी इन इट्स कोलोकेशन एंड एल्गो ट्रेडिंग स्कैम एंड आल्सो इन द डूबियस इन्वॉल्वमेंट ऑफ एन इनकॉग्निटो स्वामी इन इट दिस पर्टिकुलर केस हैज हैड द शॉकिंग मिसडीज ऑफ कॉर्पोरेट इंडिया बैक इनटू फोकस वाइल द अर्लियर कॉर्पोरेट क्रुक्स like ravi pathasarathy of ilfs rana kapoor of yes bank the vadwans of dhfl chandras of unitech etc all of them languish in jail we have yet another top ceo of the country now added to this list of corporate crooks lying in jail time and again the misdeeds of the top men of our corporates and their failures have rocked india and the case of chitra is certainly not the last one in this shameful list more of them to us are yet to come a pertinent question is always raised whenever the misdeeds of top indian ceos are exposed which is who controls corporate india or rather is it really controlled by the system let us discuss this critical issue today the background of this discussion is that business cash flows have eroded amidst the slowing indian economy they have been further hit by two years of the corona disruption coinciding with bankrupt banks and bankrupt nbfcs in the country unable or unwilling to lend this has certainly exposed the dark underbelly of corporate india during the past few years we have thus seen a record spate of corporate closures bankruptcies and downsizing in india during this period while the small companies collapse under the combined burden and weight of demonetization gst harsh laws huge compliance costs and reluctant lenders the bigger ones on the other hand fail because of uncontrolled excesses and crimes of their owners and professional managers which went on for many years till their manipulated balance sheets could no longer conceal all those giant crimes the small companies that fail were largely funded through owner capital and had very little public money at stake except for bank loans sometimes which also happened to be very well secured through collateral securities and guarantees of their owners that was the condition or that was the situation of money in these msme or small entities that failed it was largely owner money at risk but in the case of the large corporates which scammed and collapsed it was an entirely different story as far as money in play was concerned not only did they lose huge amounts of investor public and bank money but their collapse also resulted in loss of confidence of the public in the entire system in the country after all the big corporates that failed had the biggest and the best of professional managers the best of auditors bankers bureaucrats rating agencies and other consultants involved in their affairs and management many of whom happen to be decorated role models as we call them of sorts for the general public don't forget chanda kochar had been given a padma bhushan by the government these were top corporates with the best of men with the best of resources but they were shockingly put to fraudulent and criminal use by them in a very blatant abuse of corporate power and who are we talking about here here we are not talking about entities which were owned and controlled by the likes of mehul chokshi nirav modi sandesh saras of sterling biotech 
the singers of Bhushan Group, etc. Those entities to us were completely family-driven, owned and managed entities with a bogus facade of corporate governance and with very poor systems and auditor controls. There was no control whatsoever on the scammy promoters, the dubious promoters of those entities. Their frauds and scams therefore came as no greater surprise, even though public money of tens of thousands of crores was involved in them. Their reality of being what we call Seji control companies, where anything could be managed and manipulated, was known to all and sundry in the markets. Even though, very surprisingly, the corrupt bankers did not know that and they kept lending money to these entities till the loans were no longer sustainable and that led to the ultimate collapse of those fraud entities. Those were entities, as we say, which were controlled by families, by Sejis. Here we are not talking about them. Here we are talking about corporates, which were run by top-class professional managers and where the auditors were the leading audit firms from the big four, etc. And on whose board of directors, they were senior retired bankers, senior bureaucrats, investment bankers, etc. They were rated AAA by the top rating firms of India and they yet managed to commit mega corporate crimes and frauds in the country because of which huge amount of public money has been lost. These entities and their managers were what we say decorated role models of sort and it is they with their bogus claims of adhering to the highest standards of ethics and corporate governance that turned out to be entities with no values, little governance, very poor controls and that facilitated highly manipulated financial statements which were loaded with corporate corruption and frauds. All of which finally led to the downfall of those corporates, the closure of those companies and the frauds, the crimes, the misconduct, the malpractices of those top CEOs were finally revealed. It has been a revealing saga of corporate crimes where we learned new jargons. Like we learned a jargon called reputational risk as in the case of ICICI Bank and Yes Bank when Chanda Kochar and Rana Kapoor were at the top. We learned about what is called integrity deficit as in the case of Deloitte, the auditors of ILFS. We spoke about, we learned about whistleblower activism as in the case of ICICI Bank, regulatory neglect as in the case of Yes Bank, layering and round tripping through shell companies as in the case of ILFS etc. This saga of shocking and blatant corporate crimes to us began with the giant fraud by Ravi Parthasarthi and his band of professional crooks at ILFS involving a total sum of 1.32 lakh crores. It then included the corruption of Chanda Kocher at ICICI Bank involving loan for bribes and manipulation of financial statements of the bank itself. It then included the collapse of Reliance Capital and its subsidiaries amidst huge diversion of funds by the promoters and by the managers. It also included the closure of ARCOM led by Anil Ambani because of management failures and other crimes. It then included the shameful frauds and corruption of Rana Kapoor at Yes Bank in cahoots with borrowers like CG Power, DHFL and many others. It then also included the misconduct of Deloitte, etc., in the audit of ILFS, RCAP, Yes Bank, etc. The massive co-location and algo trading scam at the NSE 
headed by Chitra Ramakrishna and her team of directors, all well-known professionals who shockingly were silent spectators, is also included in this list. Also referred to in it are the frauds of thousands of crores at DHFL, PMC Bank, etc. And finally, it also includes the likes of the huge manipulations at CG Power, ABG, Shipyard, etc. with the direct involvement of their auditors in it. The fact of the matter is that the frauds of India are led by big corporates of India. It is a cruel irony because it is those very corporates that are trusted the most and thus they corner the maximum resources by way of public money, bank deposits, P funds, etc. These corporates have the best of brains from the IIMs, IITs, ICI, etc. working for them. They have the most well-connected and influential persons by way of retired top bankers, babus and industrialists on their board of directors, which give them influence, which give them reach. They have the most well-known audit firms as their auditors. They have the best of management consultants and the best of legal brains working for them. They corner the markets because of their reach, their resources and their cloud. They are more powerful than the Babu and the Neta in power because of their continuing corporate influence. It is these corporates and their owners that make disproportionate gains in the markets. And with all this, they wield significant power. We are talking about these corporates where the biggest of crimes take place. While they have all this, while they have the power, they have the resources, they have the reach, they have the influence, what is missing in their structure is supervision, controls, governance and ethical management. And thus, with their huge resources and power and with the collusion of auditors, directors, etc., these corporates and their promoters, CEOs, etc., commit frauds and corporate crimes, indulge in tax evasion, they indulge in loan defaults and frauds, and they subvert the entire system and the law of the land also, obviously for criminal gains that have been taking place. It is they who betray the trust and it is they who cheat the banks. It is they who dupe the public and the systems. And thus, it is these large corporates and their men who are the biggest business, financial and economic delinquents of the country. And all these crimes happen not because we do not have adequate laws and authorities or regulators in India. The fact is that India is an over-regulated nation with harsh and overlapping laws, multiple agencies and a massive bureaucracy for supervision and oversight on paper. Between authorities, from the Ministry of Corporate Affairs to SEBI, from Reserve Bank of India to CCI, from EDA to other regulators, etc. and from the Income Department to the Enforcement Directorate, from SFIO to the CBI, etc. We have too many agencies and authorities and too many laws also, all of which should actually be enough to keep these corporates and their men in check. But that doesn't happen. If you read the corporate laws, if you read the tax laws, city regulations, reserve bank regulations, etc., you will find that our laws are not only complicated, onerous and extensive, but they are also so muscular that they over-empower the bureaucracy and facilitate an unending red tapers and corruption in a big way in the economy, in a huge way in the country. And despite such a strong regulatory framework and structure, we still have shocking and blatant corporate crimes which are perpetrated for years together 
ultimately leading to the collapse of the corporate and of course huge loss of public money huge loss of investor and shareholder confidence in them all this happens because of collusion because of corporate corruption because of negligence of auditors and directors and the overall collusion and support of the system to these corporate groups many of whom happen to be cronies of the system that is what has enabled the crimes of ravi parthasarthi rana kapoor chanda kochar vadwan etc with the mega resources that they have and the support of the system itself these corporates are known to ruthlessly litigate and defeat any rivals any competition any whistleblowers and for this very reason they are able to engage the most expensive lawyers and they go scot free relatively chanda kochar's malpractices were known to rbi for years together rbi came to know of them right from 2015-16 onwards but it was only in 2018-19 that action was taken and so were the crimes and misconduct of chitra ramkrishnan known to sebi also but both these authorities yet did nothing in order to stop and punish them and nip the crime in the bud before it becomes serious and big the fact is that these delinquents were never alone in their crimes and thus it is a story of collective crimes in each case and it is not just the corporate that failed even the regulator failed the regulator failed to control them the regulator failed to deliver its promise to the public the regulator was never able to live up to the expectations of the public and the one because of all this who always lost in these uncontrolled corporates was the public and tons of public money which went down the drain to us these are the corporates of india which are completely uncontrolled despite all the controls that the harsh laws of india and the authorities of india try to impose on them this is akhilesh bhargav signing off till we meet again namaskar